Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Tag. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome one of the DL Weekly community managers. Uh, he's a major Haunted Mansion enthusiast. It's Alex. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Hello. It is a pleasure to be back on the Hub Crawl. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Man, it is just uh, like a deja vu almost, uh, because our next guest also is returning to the show, uh, is also a DL Weekly community manager and lifelong frequent Disneyland guest. Uh, let's welcome Kate to the show. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Well, thanks for uh, deciding to join the crazy show that we call The Hub Crawl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we can get into today. So let's start off with our first question from Eric. We're back to a... Uh, a, a- Disneylander heavy show again. Sorry, um, it's it's fine. It's fine. We'll 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 turn the gaze back onto Walt Disney World because of this question. What is one land from Walt Disney World that you would transplant into the Disneyland Resort and why? Alex, kick us off. All right. Um, well, when Tower of Terror was at Disney California Adventure, I loved Hollywood Land. I love the feel of it. When you walk down that street and you make a right and you see the Hollywood Tower Hotel, it was just perfect in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, since they replaced it with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and moved, I guess, moved the whole land, I guess, into Avengers Campus, uh, I could really care less about it, to be honest. It just doesn't <laughs> flow right. It just seems like they just stuck it right there. They tried to make a whole story about it, but I'm not buying it. Um so anyway, if I had to choose a land from Walt Disney World, I would say bring Sunset Boulevard to Disney California Adventure, right where um, Hollywood Land used to be, and bring back the Tower of Terror. And if that means uh, they need to change Guardians back to Tower of Terror, or they can bulldoze the whole thing and just build the Walt Disney World version. Uh, in my mind, that is the supreme version anyway, uh, oh. just because of the whole fifth dimension seen um i know when they built the california adventure one they had to cut costs and um upgrade the ride capacity and everything like that so that is my opinion on that um what about you tag uh your idea i kind of like uh i have warmed up to mission breakout however uh i did like the theming overall of tower of terror better um but uh, I also, I'm one of those weirdos. I actually like the California and Paris version, which are identical, of Tower of Terror um, that the DCA had anyway, uh, over the Walt Disney World version. Because when I wrote the Walt Disney World version, I thought that the third dimension thing or fourth dimension thing was just weird. It seemed like they like skimped on the budget or something. I don't know. I talked to, we, we interviewed an Imagineer on DL weekly uh, who worked on this attraction and they said, Oh, it was, that's kind of what it was supposed to look like. And I'm like, Oh, oh okay. Well, I guess you succeeded. <laughs> I would say I had a hard time. Cause I was trying to think like, I was trying to think where all the new stuff was. Right. And so I was thinking like, okay, Hollywood studios, which Hollywood studios is my least favorite of the parks at Disney world. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, we'll do it. Toy story land. I mean, that's okay. But I don't know if I'd want that at Disneyland necessarily. We have our own Galaxy's Edge. We now have our own Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, Rocket Roller Coaster's fine. So then I was like, okay, what else can I do? So um, Animal Kingdom, you kind of need the whole park for it to work. Uh, And Magic Kingdom is basically Disneyland. Anyway, so I decided to go with something from Epcot and pick Future World or whatever they're calling it now. Eric, what do they call the Future World area now? (laughs) Oh, um, you mean 
Oh, gosh. The world celebration, world nature, <laughs> world, the third one. Um, <laughs> I should know this. And you're fired. Oh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to pull up Epcot's uh, the <laughs> website here because there is there is like a name of it, and I can't for some reason I can't remember. Okay, here we go. It's uh, World Discovery. It looks discovery. Nope, hmm. Yeah, because there's World Celebration, which I guess is the is Spaceship Earth in like the mm-hmm. middle, and then there's yeah. World Discovery that has Guardians and Test Track and Space Two Twenty Mission Space, and then there's World Nature, which has Soren and the seas and journey of water and right then they have world showcase which is everything else so uh yeah i would bring world uh discovery i guess to probably california adventure somewhere i don't think we need to shove any more stuff into disneyland what about you kate what do you think so i also had a hard time with this question because when i think about the things at disney world that i'm jealous of as a disneyland person it's like the resorts and having, you know, so much space and maybe a few individual attractions, but not so much a whole land. So I thought a lot about this. I watched a lot of uh, walkthrough videos on YouTube, which I highly recommend. I learned a lot. And I came to the conclusion that the correct answer is Toy Story Land because everything else just seemed like it would be weird in Disneyland or DCA. So I think you could just kind of merge it into Pixar Pier and expand it and get rid of maybe some of those old rides around the other side of the lagoon there in DCA. And Not Jumpin' Jellyfish. Yes, Jumpin' Jellyfish. It's, it's time. It's time. Those are fighting words, Kate. I, I know. That they already the took my Heimlich. On. Here's an even bigger fighting fighting word. Uh-oh. I think maybe even Goofy Sky School could go and oh, replace man. that with with um, like a Slinky Dog Dash situation. But that's I'd just my opinion. Not not a Disney World person, but Eric, you are you are a Disney World expert. So, so what are what are your thoughts on this? Well, I have many thoughts on this. Um, would would anyone? Is anyone interested, Alex? You brought up the that area of um, Hollywood Studios. Did you know that there's actually a backstory that connects uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster to the Tower of Terror? No, I didn't know that. It's awful. I I love (laughs) I love I love weird like overly labored um, imagine imagineering stories and uh, i brought this up on the supreme resort when we did incredicoaster versus uh the uh, rock and roller coaster um and when you said supreme it, it like kicked off a whole it sparked my brain because that's all we talk about is supreme things but <laughs> um it, so it's really weird basically g-force records is the name of the fictional record studio that it, that is the setting for the rock and roller coaster. It started in the 1930s and it was a growing force in entertainment until one night in 1939 on Halloween, uh, the label was, sh- was throwing a party for its artists at the Hollywood tower hotel. When <laughs> lightning struck the building, five hotel guests disappeared 
And uh, G-Force Records was tied to the catastrophe, and their record sales plummeted. So they had to recover over years, and they, uh, they, they had to theme this place and add a, a giant Stratocaster guitar to the front of the building. <laughs> and eventually, a whole bunch of artists, artists came back to the label, including you, if you've ever been in the, uh, the front lobby and your magic band has your name on, a, on one of the posters in there. So, uh, yeah, there's just that's that's the story. It's really weird. But they added it in to the backstory of that Hollywood area. Wow. (laughs) What I'm really interested to know is how did they work Fantasmic into the backstory of that area? Ah, you know, I haven't seen anything about that. And (laughs) um, or the Beauty and the Beast Broadway show that they have also in that area. Oh, the same show that's been on for many, many years. Yeah. Well, they left that those parts out. But gotcha. There we go. A little little fun fact there. Uh, anyway, I'm looking at uh, not adding to Disneyland. Disneyland has enough stuff going on. I think I think we're all kind of looking at DCA to take on some additional um, additional land space. So I say take down PhilharMagic and that giant Marvel icebox. Have you been in there? Like the air conditioning really pumps in there. Yeah. And uh, give it a Muppet Land. Take Grand Avenue from Hollywood Studios and put it over there. You've got mu- you've got multiple restaurants. You've got Pizza Rizzo, and you have Mama Melrose's. You have a Muppet store. You've got Muppets 3D. Let's bring Muppets 3D back into the park. And uh, just have some fun. It, most of the land isn't isn't all that complicated. It's all sight gags. It's it's things painted on the wall that say "Go this away" or "Go that away." And uh, I think it would be really easy to put something like that in there and not just expand Marvel stuff a little bit more. I, it would be so much fun to have Muppet uh, Muppet content back in the the Disneyland Resort. I agree with you. I think Muppets would be great. Um, Kate, were you? I can't remember who it was, but I, for some reason, I feel like it was you. You were a Muppet fan, weren't you? Oh yeah, I grew. I mean, I was a child of the seventies and eighties, so I <laughs> definitely grew up with with the Muppets. It was. It would be great to have them back in the parks. It's it's honestly very sad to me that they've got that IP and don't do anything with it on this coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Ever since Muppet 3D, Muppets 3D left, what they've there's been nothing. I don't get it. But anyway, I guess that wraps up the first question. Alex, what is your question for this week? All right. Well, surprise, surprise. It's a question that somewhat involves a Haunted Mansion. <laughs> so um, with the new Haunted Mansion teaser trailer, which was released last week, it makes me wonder, what is one Disney Parks attraction that you would want to be made into a movie? What kind of Easter eggs and plot details would you want to see in the movie? If it's a movie that's already been released, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean, like what would you want to do to plus it or add more um, Disney attraction details to it? Um, let's start with you, Tag. Well, first of all, um, uh, I, I, I'm pausing your question for a moment. What did you think of the teaser trailer for Haunted Mansion? Well... <laughs> I could do a whole episode about that. I like honestly, <laughs> I watched it in my car at work. I like excuse myself. I went outside in my car. I watched it like four times, and 
every little Easter egg, I just, my jaw was dropping the whole time. And that night I went home, watched a whole YouTube Easter egg thing about it. And I got every single one of them. It, it's amazing. <laughs> so you're excited for it. It, I hate saying this, but it can't be worse than the Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> so that was my concern as I watched this and I was like, oh, great. They've gone down the campy route again. Why can't they take it? Like what I really enjoyed about the Pirates movies was it was inspired by the attraction. Of course, they put in some of the Easter eggy kind of stuff, but it was like a good action movie, right? Like, like you could watch it and stand alone. You could never have gone on Pirates of the Caribbean and still like really enjoyed that movie. And a lot of people did. And I wanted that for the Haunted Mansion. And I feel like, I don't know why, but nobody ever looks at it through that lens. They always look of like, it's got to be like a Three Stooges kind of thing going on. And I'm just kind of sad about it. But back to your question. Big Thunder Mountain is mine. It's a favorite attraction of mine. I think it could be like a cool Indiana Jones style kind of adventure movie or have some history of like the the mining industry or something like that. Or have it be haunted and be like a ghost mine or something, uh, or cursed maybe. Uh, I don't know. I just I think that you that's another one of those attractions that I feel like there could be a rich enough backstory to turn it into a feature length uh, movie or even like a TV series. I mean, we've seen a lot of success with Disney Plus doing TV series of things. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of what I would think is Big Thunder Mountain because we've already done Haunted Mansion, we've already done Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, all of Star Wars land is based off of Star Wars. There's not a lot of other attractions I can think of. Um, I do see um, your your answer, Alex, later on that you'll give um, is also, I think, a good uh, potential idea for that. But we'll wait to get to that. Right now, let's hear what Kate's uh, take on this will be. So I recently went down an internet rabbit hole and um, read that there was actually a rejected It's a Small World film pitch in the 1970s um yeah it it got there was a script it it was a comedy it yeah if there was a i mean there was a poster so i mean this was serious but it it did get rejected because they decided that that um the way to go in the 70s was um a space science fiction situation instead and we know how that turned out what movie Um, was that i'm sorry is it the black hole oh Oh, I love the black hole. But yes, not not always a well-regarded movie. No. At the time. But I don't think this would have been great either. It was kind of, it was it was described as a Cold War family comedy. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Great concept. So, but I I like the idea of making a film of It's a Small World, but I think that what they need to do is they need to revive it as a horror film. Um, Disney used to make scary movies back in the seventies and eighties and it, they, they haunted my childhood and they stopped <laughs> doing that, but I think they should re they, they should revive this, this genre and make an, it's a small world, creepy killer doll film. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way about it's a small world. So I'm not, I, I actually really love it's a small world completely as unironically in an unironic way believe (laughs) it or not but Mm -hmm. i i think they could make a million dollars so i want to i want to jump off on this real quick because so james is a teacher at our Mm -hmm. at our tech college and his assignment for his one of his assignments for his students was to um they had to do some type of audio project so it could be a podcast or an audio book or whatever 
Well, I love what one of his students did. One of his students did an audio book. And a lot of times, because they want to keep it short, they pick a children's book. And this student of his, I'm trying to find um, the part. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll read it. I'll try to reenact how they made this sound. They did an audiobook for The Very Hungry Caterpillar, and they added very creepy music, and it sounded like a horror film. And this guy was like, one Sunday morning, the warm sun came up, and pop, out of the egg came a tiny and very hungry caterpillar. And it had like this like haunting music, and it sounded all scary. And then like as he goes on, it's like, and then he started looking for food. And then, like, you know, on Monday, he ate through the apple, but he was still hungry. Like, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this sounds like a horror film. I'll have to send it to you guys. Um, James needs to give it to me because I was like, this is amazing. So I can, I like the idea of the horror film. You can do It's a Small World, Creepy Dolls, Be Wonderful. Yeah. I, have you ever been on It's a Small World when some of the dolls have been broken? I've I've been on when they haven't been moving, but not when they've yeah. been like malfunctioning it's, or anything. It's it's unsettling. I and you know, I think I think they could really go far with this. So, Eric, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know if you'll I top do. that, Eric. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's a pretty great concept. I'm on board. Um, I, yeah, you know, I'm I'm also down with um, Big Thunder Mountain. We're going to get a Society of Explorers and Adventurers show maybe someday on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if that's still greenlit after all the troubles they've had. But uh, this the, the attraction has a backstory that has been shoveled in kind of in post, which is great. And you've got Barnabas T. Bullion, the, the crooked... Uh, you know, landowner who has mined too deeply in a sacred mountain and has upset spirits and things like that. So I, I say, go for it. We'll get a spooky Western, uh, get, you know, I love Westerns in general. So let's go for it. Let's get a haunted mine Western movie out there. I think it's perfect. Um, Alex, what's your take? <laughs> um, I would love to see a remake of the Tower of Terror movie. Again, I guess pretty much all I talk about it. Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion, but um, have you guys <laughs> seen the Tower of Terror movie, the made TV movie? I think it was nineteen ninety seven. I saw yeah. a trailer for it. Yeah, it, it was. It's pretty good. Um, what one thing I really love about it is that it was actually they filmed parts of it actually in the attraction and outside oh. the attraction. Um, so it was actually one of the first act attraction based movies that they did. And um, just a couple years ago, I believe there was talk with Scarlett Johansson producing a new Tower of Terror movie, but I guess it fell through with um, legal and all that kind of stuff. But um, I would love to see Tower of Terror be made into an actual movie in theaters or even Disney Plus. I would just love to see more of just how it's haunted and maybe G-Force Records involved or <laughs> um, just I just love it. I just want more of it. Um, and then with the recent trailer for the Haunted Mansion and the success of the Jungle Cruise movie, I am really optimistic with how they're handling these attraction-based movies. Would Steve Gutenberg still be attached to the project? Oh, gosh. I'd <laughs> be, be, be kind of cool to see they brought back like some of the original actors, you know. Kristen <laughs> Dunst, yeah. There you go. Oh, that's right. She was in there, too. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. 
I didn't know about the Scarlett Johansson thing, um, but I, yeah, I think uh, they have been doing a, a fairly decent job lately. I thought that the that the Jungle Cruise with the Rock and stuff was actually pretty good. I like the Rock, though. I'll watch him in almost anything, and I would never say that his movies are like cinematic masterpieces, but they're definitely <laughs> entertaining. And I think sometimes you just need a movie or something you're watching just to be entertaining. Very true. Well, that's two questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point, and that is where we are going to ask you to support us on the show. You can do so by going to thehubcrawl.com slash support. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a supporter and enter our Discord chat. You can get the episode a couple of days early. Um, I forgot to ask this week's bonus question in our Discord chat to be able to uh, get some supporter answers put into the show, so I apologize for that, Um, but... That is something that you can do in the future as well. So, again, if you want to support the show, thehubcrawl.com slash support. Thank you very much for all those who do support us and for those of you who um, even support us in a non-financial way. Maybe share the podcast or something like that. That also means a lot to us. Also, go review us on your podcast app of choice. Always helpful. Yes. But tell a friend. (laughs) If you like what we do, tell a friend. That's great. Uh, But let's get back to the questions here. Tag, what do you have for us this week? Well, this one, uh, I feel like it's going to be interesting because I'm going to like, I'm going to like call upon our creative juices here because, excuse me, (laughs) I'm saying Halloween and Christmas are huge celebrations at the Disney parks. What holiday would you like to see more representation of in the parks? Not Christmas, not Halloween, not 4th of July because they they do some stuff for 4th of July. But what do you want to see more representation of? Kate? I agree. Halloween and Christmas in the parks are, are, it's the best. Nobody does Halloween and Christmas like Disney does Halloween and Christmas. Um, They also, I feel like they do a really great job of incorporating a a lot of kind of seasonal celebrations into the parks like Pride or Lunar New Year. And a few years back, they also had, they had, there was a scavenger hunt for Valentine's Day, like what they do for, the Easter extravaganza, excuse me. Um, And it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed that, but that disappeared. And they also put all the Valentine's Day stuff behind a paywall with Sweetheart's Night, which, you know, I understand Disneyland's, you know, they've got to make their extra bucks here and there where they can. And Sweetheart's Night is clearly very popular, but I, 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 I'm not a huge Valentine's Day fan, but I think it's a nice kind of come down from all the the big holidays and, you know, it's winter and you just need something to, to cheer you up. So it, w- it would be nice to see some of the special foods and maybe some, some merch in the parks for Valentine's Day. And I would love to see that scavenger hunt come back. I think that's that's such a fun way, especially for people who are, you know, magic key holders who come frequently to just have a little extra special fun thing to do on a visit. And it's great for, you know, people of all ages. So that would be, that would be my vote. Eric, how about you? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the extravaganza, which has happened at Disneyland for a few years now. And they've done something similar at um, Epcot. But what I'm really interested to see maybe I just need to go to Japan to see it, is Tokyo's Easter celebration. I don't know what it is about Japan where they really enjoy celebrating this this 
somewhat, well, largely religious holiday in a completely secular way with really odd stuff. Have have any of you heard about the Usatama? No, mm-hmm. I have not. The Usatama is a, basically, it's a it's an egg with legs sticking out of it. Um, look it up here. They have all of these Usatama at Tokyo, at Tokyo's Disney Parks for Easter. And basically these eggs have, have the characteristics of the classic characters. So they'll, they'll be slightly dressed up to look like Donald and other characters. It's a really weird thing. And I I think from what I've heard, like everybody, everybody really likes it in Japan. People that I know have, that have visited the Japanese parks around then love the parades that they do. I think it would be tremendous to try something like that over here. Uh, then again, I don't know if it'll completely catch on. We we did try Duffy over here, and that didn't take. When it really took over in Japan and China, but but hey, let's give it a try f- with these weird characters that are basically giant eggs with legs. Now That's- I don't know about the characters, Eric, but I feel like Disney focuses on the wrong things that they want to bring from other places. You know <laughs> yeah. what they need to bring from Tokyo? They need to bring the really cute, highly themed food. Oh yes, absolutely. That would be so it- easy, and people would oh, yeah. go nuts. But no, they want to bring Duffy. I'm like, just bring the fancy food, people. Come on, right? That's a I would slam love- dunk. I'd love to have a little cupcake that's shaped like Donald looking like he's diving in the water. So basically it's Donald's butt. But <laughs> I mean, there's so many cute cookies and cupcakes and ice cream concoctions that they make in, in Japan that they don't yet yeah. at Disneyland in particular, they love having fancy food items that they just don't, they don't do. I like the little sandwiches that are I can't remember what they're made out of, but the but it looks like a Mickey glove, like as the oh bread. yeah yeah. So I don't know all those type of things. I'm like, why you know pizza? Children's pizzas are shaped <laughs> like Mickey Mouse. We're getting something like that in Toontown, but it's a round pizza with pepperoni in the shape of a Mickey head. Like, come on, come why on. can't we just make the so actual easy. pizza shape <laughs> Mickey? Right. Come on. Well, there we go. Additional additional stuff we need to bring over. <laughs> Alex, what do you want to see at the parks? All right. Like Kate said, um, you can't really top really Halloween and uh, the holiday season at the park. But personally, Halloween is my favorite time of the year at the parks. Um, everything is just amazingly themed. I like the decor, the food, the merchandise, and just the feeling that you get. You just I just can't describe it. It's just amazing. But if I had to pick another holiday... Um, probably New Year's or New Year's Eve. Um, I know they do some things for that. They have some merch for that, like generic merch with like the year stamped on it. And they do, um, a special fireworks show and a world of color countdown. But I mean, maybe add some more decor. Um, I think it'd be cool. Like if each land had their own countdown party or something to do with that. Um, but then also I know that'd be really kind of hard to do because it'd be, kind of right during the holiday celebration at the park. So that goes to the beginning of January. So I'm not sure how they would make that work, but I feel like that's one of the holidays that I think would be great to highlight and add more things to. Um, what about you, Tag? 
I like your New Year's and New Year's Eve idea. I, I went to the parks once on New Year's Eve, and it was a great experience, except for at the end of the night, they weren't running the trams, so you had to walk back to the parking ramp. So that was not fun. But I do like <laughs> New Year's, New Year's Eve, and I feel like more places could do more. I mean, they do they do some stuff, but uh, but for me, the poor holiday that gets so lost because of Halloween and Christmas is something with Thanksgiving, because I feel like they could do something with Thanksgiving, especially in the United States, especially like Disneyland. I feel like uh, could like there could be some stuff for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's a huge holiday for my family. Um, I worked retail for a number of years, and I would work Christmas. I would work Halloween. I'd work Fourth of July. I'd work whatever. The one holiday I couldn't work was Thanksgiving because that was the only time that my family really um, wanted to be together on a specific day. Because if I if I worked Christmas Day. I'd have Christmas Eve off so we could do presents and stuff on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas Day. But Thanksgiving was really important. My mom really liked to cook a big meal, and that's when everybody came over. And so that was always our big holiday. So, and I feel a lot of people complain about that. They're like, you know, they complain that Halloween starts too soon because it's, it's, you know, um, August, and they're like, it's not even September yet, and Halloween stuff's already in the stores or whatever. Um, and sometimes even Christmas stuff shows up at that time, too. And so it seems like the, uh, and at Disneyland specifically, Halloween won't even be over, and they're already putting up Christmas stuff and the, you know, the holiday time decorations. So it'd be nice to kind of have something for Thanksgiving. I don't know exactly what that would be. Maybe a parade that's reminiscent of like the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, like do something cool with that, you know, do yeah. that for a couple weeks or something. Um, have a dining package where you could get like a full Thanksgiving meal with like Turkey and all that stuff. I mean, I just feel like with a lot of these things, they're leaving a lot of money on the table and to encourage locals, especially Disneyland folks, right. To come to the parks more, the more variety of things that are limited time, you're going to get more people to come during that time. So anyway, well, that I, was went another, to, oh, um, I went to Walt Disney World at Thanksgiving once, and it was actually a decent time because it was not completely packed. And it was a little bit cool, so, you know, it's a, a good time of the year. You're not going to swelter all the time. But, yeah, they had nothing other than Liberty Tree Tavern, which always has a Thanksgiving dinner. But, but yeah, there was, there was nothing, nothing special holiday-wise for Thanksgiving. It's a shame. Kind of weird. Yeah. Well, that was another great round of discussion. Let's move on to our last question from Kate. So there's been some recent reports that Disney is working on a Broadway adaptation of the film Coco, which got me thinking, what film would you like to see added to the Disney on Broadway lineup or maybe even eventually adapted as a Broadway style show for the cruise ships and theme parks? Eric, what do you think? I would love to see Disney take what they've already started with Rogers, the musical. <laughs> We're getting a one act soon. Um, it, it, and uh, why, why not? Why not blow it up? Why not just go full Broadway and make a full Avengers musical on stage? I, it's I know that the musical itself is kind of tongue in cheek, but I love that they hired actual Broadway folks to write this little scene for Hawkeye and everybody loved it so much. They're like, Oh, why not do like a 15 minute show at, at DCA, which I think is fantastic. I can't wait to see something in the Hyperion and something as amazing as this, this kind of potentially funny musical. Do you, I, I don't know which way you'd go though. 
that that's where I'm kind of split. Do you keep on with the intentionally cheesy? Can an audience really keep up with that for an entire show? Or do you have to make it a little bit more serious? I guess we'll kind of see how it goes with the one act. But I think they could definitely blow that up into something bigger. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking. Alex, what, what are you thinking about? Um, I would love to see a Broadway adaptation of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. I think that'd be really, really interesting, actually. Um, I've, I've been listening and watching clips of the Beetlejuice musical uh, you know, by Tim Burton. And I think that'd be really cool to have a little bit dark. I mean, it's, it's more of a Disney film, so it won't be as dark, but dark and some comedy mixed music. I think it'd be a really, really amazing to see, especially if they brought it into the park somehow too. And um, I'm also a huge fan, no surprise, of the overlay of the Haunted Mansion holiday. So while we're talking about that, why not just incorporate the Haunted Mansion into it and make a Nightmare for Christmas on a mansion holiday, some type of Broadway show. I think that would be amazing. Um, again, just me talking about Haunted Mansion. Uh, what about you, Keg? <laughs> That's very interesting. I didn't even think about The Nightmare Before Christmas or taking like the Haunted Mansion holiday version or something. That's kind of cool. Um, well, it makes me very happy that they are potentially working on a Broadway adaptation for Coco because I think Coco or Encanto would both be wonderful uh, to do a Broadway caliber style performance uh, and put it in the parks. I mean, Teresa and I on Dia Weekly have talked about this so much that that the music from Coco and Encanto is so good that that's what you would need for like a Broadway musical situation. So why not just do it? It just seems so obvious. It seems like it, it lends itself so well. Sometimes I look at these type of things and I, you know, to us it seems so obvious and to Disney it just seems like like they have no idea what they're doing and they're 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 doing you know rogers the musical uh which like i think will be okay i don't think it'll be something that um people who are not hawkeye slash marvel fans will go see multiple times um but in coco and kanto both those things are so popular why would you not have more of that um just out in the world i just don't you know and you've got lin lin manuel miranda I don't know. It just, it seems too obvious. And I, it's like, why, why? (laughs) But uh, Kate, what were you thinking when you came up with this question? So originally I was thinking bed knobs and broomsticks because that's a real childhood favorite of mine. And I feel like it's uh, a movie that doesn't get a lot of attention with younger generations. And this could be kind of a way to revive it. But then I found out that they actually have done a stage adaptation of it, but it's only played in the UK. So it has not come to the U S yet. I'd love to see that. Um, but my, my second thought is, which I think is another no brainer is Moana. I think that's another one that you've got the, the Lin-Manuel Miranda music. You've got, um, you know, really lively songs and fun characters. And I think, especially if it was adapted for the cruise ships, how fun to watch a musical about being on a boat for a lot of it when you are on a boat. Um, I think, you know, it's just colorful and it would just, it would be a really great Broadway adaptation. Yeah. I'd like to see them do, it just feels lately like it's a lot of um, Frozen and the Lion King over and over, which is great. They're amazing musicals, but 
you know, I, I wanted to take Jude to see something and I feel like, wow, we've seen so many adaptations of the Lion King. It just doesn't feel like I want to fork out more money for that right now. So <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to look something, see something new. Yeah, that, that's definitely, well, both of those are definitely a big change. So that's, that's great. Um, I had no idea that they made a bed knobs and broomsticks musical that has not been here in America. I heard about a, um, they did, I think they did um, Hunchback that was only premiered in Germany, if, if I recall, yes. but, which I would there also was, love to see. There was a lot of adaptations. When I looked it up on the Wikipedia page, there was tons of adaptations. I had no yeah. idea they had done. Newsies, apparently, was a Broadway show. Didn't know. Oh, yeah. I knew about that one. I did not. Yeah. But, you know, that might be an age thing. <laughs> yes, I'm so much younger than you. <laughs> well, well, there's like there's like this hole in my Disney knowledge from when I was too cool in my 20s. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> did you did you see Kate on the Bed Dobbs and Broomsticks musical Wikipedia page that in May 2020 when they were talking about the Frozen closure, um, the president of Disney Theatrical Productions confirmed the musical was in development with new directors for the Ben Dobbs and Broomsticks thing, apparently. Hmm. Huh. So that could be cool. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Okay. Neat. Well, I think that does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. So we'd like to thank our guests. Um, where Where can people find you? Go ahead and plug away let's start with kate well you can find me on um the dl weekly discord chatting disney seven days a week that's probably the easiest way to find me oh see the, right there we can become a supporter over dl weekly and get in on that discord um <laughs> kate is also in our hub crawl discord so if you want to uh talk to her there you can also do that uh what about you alex um, well, I'm somewhat of a new community manager over at Discord for DL Weekly, so you can somewhat find me in there, but I'm trying to be in there more often, but um, that or else you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Alex Waltz, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Well, thanks to both of you, um, and everybody join us next time where we will continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.